What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Dave, Dave, Dave. Insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. Precisely. No. No. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPGs have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast this weekend. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. Hello, this is Aaron OSU Water Polo with YourGameSource.com here with Gerald. Oh, how are you doing? Better known as Yes, Elvis Lives. And we're here for the uh, Classic Gaming Expo here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, just want to get make sure everybody knows out there just to check us out www.yourgamesource.com at GameSource on Twitter and GameSource on Facebook where we posted over 26,000 stories across the internet on the world of gaming including our own the videos we just posted up over the past couple of days uh, you know if you're interested in Destiny y'all we've got several videos out on those um, our review for Destiny is already available through, uh, thank you to Corey on uh, taking care of that and you had an, actually an article as well a review of Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright for the 3DS and I should have one for Kemco's uh, new mobile game out on iOS and Android uh, I can't pronounce it it's French, it starts with an <laughs> L apostrophe and then a P <laughs> La something or other I should have that one up probably around the same time as this. Uh, well, check it out. It'll be uh, on our website, www.yourgamesource.com. Um, and I'm sure that uh, they liked the sales of Professor Layton and uh, versus Ace Attorney so much, Phoenix Wright, so much that they now have Professor Layton and was announced in London, I believe, earlier today. That's, I guess, where his next adventure will be. No, Ace Attorney, I'm sorry, Phoenix Wright is going to be in London. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. supposedly Professor Layton himself is dead. Is, is done with gaming. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Because yeah. I'm not sh- so sure how good uh, Professor Layton Seven is going to be without him and on mobile systems. So I'm I don't think it'll keep the quality that it the first six games in the series had. So we'll see. Um, it's really getting active here at the Riviera Hotel and Casino. Everything is starting to gear up. Um, Classic Gaming Expo. We're hoping for a great weekend. We're going to do a lot of great interviews. We're scheduling already. With If you're interested at all in, in video games of, of your and, and you know, just, just understanding 
where the, the, the industry has come from, it, it's truly an opportunity after two years to finally come back to the uh, Classic Gaming Expo. Uh, we had a great interview up with Scott that's uh, going to be already posted up uh, before this comes out. And I uh, look forward to some great things at the Classic Gaming Expo. But we're going to have a lot of great interviews as well. Um, but I guess the topic right now, since this is the regular World Famous Game Source podcast, as someone's smoothie is being made, um, I still think all the talk in the gaming world is, unfortunately, the hype machine known as Destiny. Uh, Aaron, I know you and I were talking a little bit before we uh, started recording, and we, t- we talked a little bit about that uh, as far as Destiny to many, including Nick and Corey, who gave the score a 9.5. If you get a chance to check out his review, it is on our reviews page at yourgamesource.com. They absolutely love the game. I, after playing several hours, um, kind of like the game myself, but uh, I know there's some issues. Like any game, the more you the more you play it, the more the more cracks are going to appear, the more holes you're going to find, and the more flaws you're going to discover. And I know you you've had your ear to the ground uh, quite a bit on what's going on with uh, a lot of your friends and far as Destiny is concerned. So what are fellow gamers saying about Destiny as a whole? Um, a lot of people are thinking it's a, it, it's a good game. It probably doesn't deserve the sales it's gotten, but that was based on the Bungie name. Finally going to PlayStation, things like that. And plus their advertising budget was substantially larger yeah. than almost any other game before it. <laughs> to include the cost of making the other games. Yes. Um, a, a lot of people are saying it's, you know... Oh, well, God, I forget the ga- name of the game, like, years ago. Terra Nova, I believe? Yeah. Where, you know, it's a shooter MMO, and the the problem with that is is that shooter fans just want to go in and shoot stuff. MMO fans want, you know, this grand story and gear and, and monsters and things like that. And they really, typically, they may be the same person, but they don't like them together. And uh, there's a lot of early grinding, which grinding in a shooter is never really fun. Because you want grinding to be, you know, automatic, where you're not really thinking about it. And with a shooter, you know, you've got to aim and dodge and take cover and all those things. And they're fun in short bursts, but not, you know, the, the way that MMO players, you know binge play 12 hours on a weekend it just really isn't conductive to that over a length of time and until the end game comes out because it's not even released right now um, it's going to be really hard to to give a fair assessment of the game because we're we're seeing a third of the game right now at, at best so it, it's it's interesting to keep an eye on but nobody is like saying this is going to you know everybody is going to go out and copy this now. Yeah. I'm sure there will be clones, but there may not be as many clones as we were expecting a month ago. Well, I noticed after I talked to uh, Nick, after he did a lot of his Twitch streaming, which you can also find on our uh, YouTube page, uh, GameSource, and then also as well on our GameSource Twitch channel, he noticed that the game itself kind of really encourages you, you know, even if you want to go to the single player campaign, whether or not you get you get a fire team together or not, it really tries to encourage you to go to try and use the P versus P option and uh, to go into a multiplayer format, to go and collect some bounties and whatnot. 
My goodness, there's a lot of bikes going through. There's got to be a bike race must be. somewhere around here. Tour, Tour de France here in Las Vegas, I'm telling you. Um, so with, with, with that, he was really upset that it really... Not that it didn't encourage, but it almost tried to force you willingly into the, the, uh, the Crucible and uh, into a multiplayer format, and he's just not into that, and he just wants to enjoy the single-player format uh, extensively. And He doesn't mind grinding as much and that aspect of it, but I, I just know that, that that enticement for players who want to stray away from the multiplayer aspect of it is, uh, that part of it was a, a little bit flawed. So, I, I say. Most games without a huge multiplayer component, though, are going to have, you know, issues of keeping people's attention. You know, they're going to play it for a week, weekend, whatever, and then be done with it if, if the story isn't great. And I, what I'm hearing, people are not thrilled with the story right now, so the only other thing left is the PvP, and Bungie obviously knew that was going to be the, the issue, and so everything is around that, that getting you into the PvP, keeping you there so that they can get you to pick up the DLC. Um, the expansion packs. The expansions, continue playing, buy that extra overpowerful gun that you're going to need to do the raids and things like that. It just it looks like they, they're trying to monetize it almost as if it were you know an annoying mobile game, basically. And obviously, you know, with the inevitable Destiny 2 and things of that nature, you know, they do have planned out at this point in time, and I've talked about this on our previous podcast, number 101, they've commented extensively about Destiny being a 10-year lifespan. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, you know, these days, games that we thought would have legs, like Mario Kart uh, Wii U, and, and Titanfall, which we thought would have substantial legs after initial burst of sales, didn't seem to uh, pan out the way both companies would have liked. And and uh, with that track record going on this year, I don't see the, the same thing happening for Destiny maybe a year, two years down the line. What do you think? I, I think if they treat it like, you know, an MMO and they have patches, content patches, to where they open up new raids, and basically on the same engine, things like that. And those raids are not insanely overpriced as if it were an expansion. Well, they do have the advantage of actually having, you know, a, a, a relationship with, you know, the makers of World of Warcraft, which know a thing or two about extending an MMO for a long time lifespan. Ten so, year anniversary in two months. Exactly. So if that's that being the case, you know, they could go and reach out to them as far as to get support and help as far as what has made their, you know, even with their declining numbers and whatnot, they're still number one and number one by a long shot in the MMO market. For subscription-based MMOs, definitely. Yeah, so, so what keeps those players involved? And they can take that knowledge and apply it to, to Destiny, uh, most assuredly. I mean, in general, WoW has a, a patch... You know, the expansion comes out, and then the raids slowly open up uh, over the first two months. They, they open up, you know, if, if you're a hardcore player, you can get into all of it almost always by the second week. But if you're a casual player and you have used the random raid finder, um, you know, it takes about two months to open up. 
and then about four to five months after the expansion comes out, a whole new raid comes out. And then about, you know, four or five months again, the next raid comes out. Problem with WoW is once you get to that second or third content patch, it's a year before anything else. Yeah. Um, and that's the pro- that's why WoW loses its numbers. And then when an expansion comes out, it jumps up about two million. And then over the next couple of years, it loses three to four million users. It, it, it's just how it is. They can't keep up. They have hired a bigger staff and whatnot. But I think if Destiny does that model where they've got, you know, like the new year, if they drop a new uh, raids and dungeons that they're supposed to have that could keep the interest in the game up. People aren't going to go trade their copy of the game in and then rebuy it every three or four months. They're going to hold on to it, you know, and people are going to play it. Their, their community's going to be large. And then if they do, you know, every other year an expansion, you know, updated graphics, things like that, because they've learned more with the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. I think they'll be okay that way. I think if they try and make it an annual game, it won't... In the form it's in, it's not going to work. I think they do need those really cheap content patches with new raids and dungeons and maybe a couple of multiplayer maps. Um, things of that nature. But it's... It's interesting to watch that game because that could get people back into MMOs, which has been dying out for the last few years because you've had all these huge MMO games come out. You know, they get their, you know, one, two, three million users, and then six months later they go free to play because they're sitting on 100,000 users. Exactly, like Swotor, um, Elder Scrolls Online, they're both suffering uh, recent hits about heavily budgeted, heavily funded, heavily supported. MMOs which uh, haven't quite cut the mustard and um, I know Destiny is the most you know way well, you could say it it's it's the best supported MMO of them all and even uh, the jury's still out on exactly if they can still even uh, you know see down the road personally I don't think I don't think I think gamers attention spans these days are a little bit different Especially yeah. on a console exactly. instead of a PC. And I think their their shorter attention span will not allow for a 10-year life cycle uh, for Destiny, but that's just my personal opinion. I'm hoping that that's not the case, that that uh, they can somehow spin some kind of magic every two, three years to to keep players entranced, uh, excuse me, entrenched in that, in that universe. So I'm hoping uh, for a great future for Destiny, but I'm not exactly uh, uh, betting the farm on it. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a profitable game in the long run for Activision. I don't know that they will invest, uh, you know, five hundred thousand or five hundred million into it again. I, I, I don't see that happening, and I, I don't even see half that because I mean you've got to consider they've already got the engine, the graphics, the store, you know, all that stuff is already planned out. They can recycle some of the stuff from the first game, but. I don't see them spending, you know, that huge amount, the, the budget on it again. Um, but I, I think it will be a decent game. I think it will be around. I think it will get a sequel. I just don't know, is it going to be, you know, next year or five years from now or somewhere in between? Is it going to supplant Call of Duty? Um, and I don't personally don't think so, as far as in the hierarchy of the video game world. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm not sure if Activision really needs it to be. 
I think Activision just needs it to stay at or near a level uh, where it can be considered year upon year as the, one of the top five games uh, in the marketplace. And if it and if achieves that goal, then I'm sure it will um, basically sustain itself uh, for for that ten year lifespan. So as long as it remains such, and they take the steps to do so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how the series develops over time, but uh, I wouldn't place bets either way on it right now. It's it's one it's it's kind of on the bubble for me as to what whether it'll be a AAA title or one of those games that we're like what could have been. And uh, speaking of what could have been, <laughs> um, I know I talked about this with with. Nick, in, in uh, a little bit of detail, you Game Source Podcast 101, but I really wanted to talk to you uh, because, you know, you are the man in tune with uh, Nintendo and what's going on. Uh, the good and bad, uh, and the ugly, I guess. The good, the bad, and the ugly with Nintendo right now. Um, you know, some of the good things that they're doing is they're bringing back the Treehouse events. Uh, they announced that they're... Tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow. Uh, they're talking about a possible street date for for North America and the UK for uh, um, Super Smash Brothers. You know, those are good things to, to see uh, how that's developing. And then you have the bad and the ugly, which is basically the, the confusion many consumer has, including myself, uh, regards to the situation with the 3DS. And, and I wanted to, I told Nick yesterday I would get you, sit you down and, and talk to you about it because I was really concerned as far as from a general consumer standpoint, you know, regarding the 3DS's future and the new 3DS, the new 3DS that was They've got to change that name. Which is different from the new 3DS XLs that were announced yesterday at the GameStop convention, uh, as opposed to the 3D new 3DS LL. Well, LL is just the Japanese version of XL. Okay. So anytime it's LL, that means it's going to be the Japanese version of our XL. So let's not even throw that into the equation for the general American audience. Right now, <laughs> because, uh, that's kind of, that alone will make it even harder. But, Gerald uh, can't keep up. Uh, I don't expect well, many I, others to. Well, like you know, I I can and I I do actually. I say that I say it mockingly because you know when I read and when I also. Uh, collaborate and get all these stories together from around the video game world or when I write a piece of whatnot I tally all this information down but I also try to write and I try to collect this information and see it uh, from a general gamers point of view yeah and, absolutely and, and as an analyst yes I do understand I mean, we that worked retail we know how the general consumer thinks and what they're going to get confused on exactly now I understand that the 3ds is announced as far as the three different variations of types that are available for pre-order um, the the retro NES, the Persona, and uh, the Super Smash Brothers that they're that they're on the current well-known 3DS style that that's based today, the 3DS XL style that that you can currently get in stores today. But what why the reasoning behind you know announcing a new 3DS and making the proprietary software and does, does the actual scheme of things, does it make you want to buy a new, 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 new 3DS? Even though somebody else wants to go, hey, I want to buy the Super Smash Brothers. So you're telling me, Nintendo's telling me, they need to go buy a Super Smash Brothers 3DS, and then six months later, buy a new 
new 3DS. Yeah. Uh, it's a little much. They should have made all these bundles just straight up the new 3DSs. They should not have done, um, you know, the older XLs or even the original DSs in some cases. They should basically discontinue those and transfer all the new stuff to the new, new 3DS and 3DS XL. The one with the extra thumbstick and whatnot. And yeah, the, and, and it's the, not even a, it's it's more of a button that's in the a nub. The, yeah, it's a, a nub that's in the, the upper left hand corner of the right half of the screen or the the to the right of the screen, and then the. the Color the the buttons are now colorful. Whoop de doo! I could care less. They're gonna rub off, you know, after extensive play of the normal gamer. What about the strange decision though of of, of making um, a game, announcing a game for the th the new 3DS that's Xen exclusive to it, Xenoblade Chronicles, which did you know did exceedingly well in the week. Just as it, it's well thought of, we gave it a ten here at Game Source. You know, we loved it so much. It, it was amazing. That's it was for amazing, sure. and and to alienate for like the entire term. 3DS user base that's already established, and now I I have to play it on the new system. Justify that to me. Why uh, Nintendo does it? There was no. Uh, there was no way with the old DS's that they could the old 3DS's that there was there was no chance they could replicate that experience without the extra button to, to control the camera they'd have had to radically change the game I think I'd have been okay with that because do I really want to go drop and I'm guessing on price here but 200 bucks for the, the standard one and probably 250 for the XL and then spend 40 bucks, maybe even 50 now that it's a new tier of games, they may try and jack it up. 10 bucks, you know. I I'm looking at 300 bucks basically to, to, to play one game. And I don't care what the game is on what system, that's, it's not worth it for that one game. Yeah, it's going to have extra functions in Smash Brothers. And, and, you know, there was a list of like five or six games I've seen that are going to have additional features, but what? most of them are. It's going to let you control the camera. That, that, that really is not a feature to me. Um, I can live without being able to control the camera on a, um, on a portable system. I do like this system in general. Um, it has some really unique points that, um, that the 3DS itself has needed for a while. I just want to say, because, you know, the Vita, they, they, they introduced a slimmer model. Of, of the PlayStation Vita, but that's then what it but, was. But then their audience, but then their audience, it, it's small based anyway, so it really didn't offend or, or create confusion in the marketplace because they they discontinued the the OLED model and just you know when they brought out this model, uh, the new current model that's out there, it seemed to be it seemed to go a lot better. The transition was a lot easier, although you know for a lot of people buying in retail stores these days is still kind of hard and difficult. But if you're on, you know, if you go online, you should still be able to, to readily get a new Vita uh, quite easily. Um, but the 3DS it just seems it, it just seems weird that there's that they're talking about a new 3DS at the same time they still want you this fall and this winter to buy an older 3DS model. It, I mean, yeah, those bundles should have been the the 
the newly announced new 3DS system. God, they really need to change that name. It's so hard to talk about. Um, but they, they needed to make all those new bundles with all these games. That one. I know they're trying. They're cutting costs probably 50 to 100 bucks to the end consumer doing it that way. But it's still... I think with the bundles they were putting out, you know, if you're gonna buy three, a 3DS and Smash, you're gonna want, you know, the, the, whatever that extra button does. You're gonna want the amiibo functionality. You're going to want the ability to look at the screen but from the, a different angle that isn't, you know, the sweet spot that the 3DS has to but, have right now. But the amiibo functionality should be able to be purchased for regular 3DS owners via a connection kit, correct? Yes. So if I'm going to buy the they wouldn't 3DS... Want to, they, they wouldn't want to shut down no. that, that market. But if I'm going to buy a new 3DS older model and then for, you know, what are they, like 170, 180 now? Depending on where you go. I mean, you can ca I've seen them down to 130 on sale. But we'll just say 170 for now. 40 bucks on the game. Um... You know, I have no clue how much that adapter is going to be. It's going to be at least 20 bucks. I mean, you're looking with taxes and everything over 250. Why can't, why, you know, even if they bundle the game in and put it at 200, you still got to buy that adapter for another 20 bucks at least on top of whatever figures you want. I think if they, they'd have been better off, you know, a 250 bundle with the new, 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 new 3DS, um, because it would have had the Amiibo functionality, have the digital copy of the game in there, throw in an Amiibo figure to get you hooked on them. And you know, whether not, it was Link not, or Mario, or they went with one of the off ones so that you went and bought Link and Mario. And that's not out of the realm of possibility that they'll do that upon the initiation of the Amiibo to the marketplace later this fall. You know, I, I still see them, you know, supporting some type of bundle system with that. Well, over in Europe, at least in the Italian market, it's the only one that I've seen it pseudo-confirmed. There's going to be a bundle pack for the 3DS with two copies of Smash Brothers. Um, so, you know, if you and I wanted to play the game, instead of each of us having to shell out 40 bucks, I believe it was comparable to about $70 over there. So you were going to save a little bit. No mention of that over here, but they should. I. It's a totally missed opportunity to me to not have the new 3DS with Smash Brothers and an amiibo figure, even if it's a random one or they just throw the Wii Fit trainer. It's probably going to be the least bought one, you know, because it gets people. It gets a lot of people started on that system, so that the, the user base of that system would be up. You'd get people using the Amiibo, talking about it. They'd have one of the Amiibo figures. They might go out and buy two or three more. They're not like me just getting them all. You know, it, it would be... It would get you started, and I think that's what is really needed right now, rather than pushing the old stuff. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, the, the blue system, the red system, on the shelves at Target and Walmart. But if I'm a gamer who's looking for Smash and I want to get the full functionality of it because it is a tournament worthy game 
I want the best experience possible. And they could have bundled that all into one and got you started. And now you're going to go buy that system and in six months realize, maybe not even six months, maybe it may only take a month or two for most real gamers to go, if the other experience is that much better, I need to go trade this system in and get one of the newer ones. And then I'm out even more money in a long Speaking of Super Smash Bundles, I know, uh, like I said, I said previously on the podcast that uh, Nintendo is most likely going to announce tomorrow, uh, probably when you hear, already you've heard this, or probably already posted it on our GameSource Facebook page, and also www.yourgamesource.com, uh, a street date for Super Smash Wii U. And my question to you is, um, along with that, because their 2015 looks, as of this point, before half these games get pushed to 2016, which, you know, will inevitably happen. It's the uh, video game universe. We know it's coming. Yes. Uh, looks pretty solid. But what do you see uh, as, you know, they're, they're riding their hopes on one game for the Wii U this fall and this, this holiday. And that, uh, you know, what do you see them doing and having to do to compete with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One this fall? They don't come out with a triple-A title every quarter. From here on out, they're, they're just going to keep falling farther and farther behind. I, I don't think Nintendo needs to win the generation. Um, the idea is to make a profit. Well, yeah, and they are profitable. Um, when, they, when they sell them, they're probably yeah, the, the expectations that they've, you know, how many they've sold to shareholders, you know, has been... The disparity in numbers has been pretty much out there, and, and that's that's why Nintendo's uh, getting a lot of heat this time regarding the Wii U. Yeah. I, I just... I mean, I want to be a fanboy and say they're okay. I mean, they're still outselling the Xbox One from the last numbers I saw. They're still ahead of the, the user base of, or the install base for the Xbox One, but the Xbox One is selling more month to month and it'll catch up soon especially with, with you know because it comes to the point where you've got a matchup between first party games with Xbox One and Halo the Master Chief collection coming this fall versus Super Smash Brothers and Wii U to me though those aren't those aren't even competing games to, to I, I mean yeah there's going to be some crossover but I don't think for most people it's going to be do I want Halo and the Xbox One or Smash Brothers in the Wii U. I, I think most people, you know, they're going to pick the, the, the system that they want based on more than just that game. You know, do they want the more hardcore games that PlayStation 4, Xbox One has, or do they want the more, you know, nostalgia, fun, let me play on my couch with friends that the, the Wii U and Nintendo has always been. And I do think that is a bit of Nintendo's problem is that's the market they're going for. And with mobile gaming taking off the way it has, they weren't going to reproduce what happened on the Wii. And, and they, they totally missed that ship by not having a better, you know, online system in place. They, they keep trying to make it better. It's just not getting there. But been saying that for years. And even so... I mean, next year you do have a new Zelda game. You do have Smash Brothers will be next year. I do not see it coming out this year. So you do see Smash Brothers being bumped to next year? Oh, absolutely. I want to say I've seen the 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 
there was a release schedule that I saw the other day. I want to say it already said it was next year. I haven't picked. I haven't picked up on it yet. But if we do, we'll post it right away. Yeah, yeah. I, I could be wrong. It's not unusual for me to read a hundred things and only remember half of it. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to hit for the holidays. I just don't. Even though they need it for the holidays. They need it for the holidays because that's when all their big sales would be. They could bundle, you know, if, smash the system. You know, again, throw an Amiibo figure in on that bundle. Things like that. And I, they could have a really strong holiday. Especially because Mario Kart did not sustain itself after the initial huge bump in sales. Uh, but it's well, that not... that was kind of expected because, I mean, it was the, the end of summer. Everybody then goes back to school and games die down. It's how it's always been. And I think... It's, if they come out with like a bundle uh, with Mario Kart, Smash, an Amiibo figure, the Wii U, all of that in for a decent price, you know, you know, give us a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks off of it. Take a loss on those games. Get these systems out there. I, I think that could be an amazing bundle. I could see Nintendo having a huge uptick through the holidays. If they keep that bundle around past the holidays, maybe even through like March, um, but Nintendo's notorious for only making one run of their bundles and be done with it, and if you don't buy that first release of it, you're screwed. I don't know, I, I just, they're doing a lot of things that don't make sense. <laughs> but that's Nintendo. But that's Nintendo, that's how they've always done things. I mean, who would have thought the wiggle wand or whatever you wanted to call it, for the Wii was going to take off. Well, it was fun. Nintendo makes fun games, you know? Y you could have, you know, you've got daughters. I'm sure they play games, but maybe not all their friends do. But if you have the Wii, your daughter's friends can come over, pick up the Wii, and know how to play. Whereas with the other systems... There's a learning curve. Yeah, there's a huge learning curve if you've never handled a controller before. And that's going to turn people off. Well, Nintendo decided to take that one little bitty advantage. And that's all they care about. They don't want to try and catch up on some of the other things. I mean, the Wii, while it would have been great to have online play, wasn't necessary. Obviously, it's one of the best-selling consoles ever. But the Wii U definitely needed it because the mobile market is taking away the, the you know... Your daughter's friends may come over to your house to play on whatever the next system is, but they're not going to go beg but, their mom for it. They're going to play on the mobiles. Could be on a tablet, could be on a cell phone, what have you. And, Absolutely. Uh, I've stated for years that the Wii U's needed to streamline their online experience, and uh, them failing to do so has created a, kind of a backlash with, with, with at least the, the hardcore community. Yes. And, and, and it's not always about graphics. Yes. Uh, I understand that the, the graphical power is a little bit uh, better with the Xbox One and the PS4, but as you noted with the Wii's, the Wii sold how many, you know, units, over 100 million units, and it didn't need to be as powerful as the Xbox 360 or the PS3 simply because, like you said, it was more fun. Yeah, and I, I to me, fun is always going to be better than pretty. Yes. You know, it, to the general consumer, it always is. Yes, yes. To, to 
to the mom coming in, what system should I buy? Oh, my kids are going to play this one, you know, and I'm going to be able to get more games that as a, a parent I'm okay with. Or this one over here where everything looks amazing. You know, I, it, it's... And a lot of times games anymore have their own art style anyway if they're not, you know, a, a super AAA tier release. So it, it just... Nintendo made some major missteps and, you know, it needed the online play. It needed the eShop to be much better than it was. Just in the organization of things almost. It's, it's hard to find anything that isn't... You know, their game of the month, basically. Yeah. Um, the, the, the DLC system is annoying. You, you have to leave the game, go to the shop, buy the DLC, go back to the game. They needed to be able to have the shop in, in menu in, in the game. Um, I know a couple of 360 games had that, so... It, not like it's impossible. Yeah. Um, it, there's so much potential there. I think the Wii U has more potential to be a great gaming system compared to the Xbox One or PS4. It just didn't do anything with it. Well, one last thing before we go, um, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. As a Vita owner, we, uh, we've touched on the Vita a little bit today. And your thoughts on the Vita and its future, because we're here at the Classic Gaming Expo, and... <laughs> this guys, could be here, yeah, it could I, be a featured system in a few knew, years. You knew exactly where I was going to go to on that, you know, me being the proud owner of a, a, an N-Gage and, a, you know, all the different... Hey, various, I have a virtual boy, so, there you know, you go. everybody makes mistakes. Um, so be that as it may, uh, you know, I know it's getting a little bit of publicity because of the fact that it has the remote play capabilities and for playing Destiny, some people are really, you know, interested in dealing with that aspect. But your thoughts on the future of the Vita? Because it seems to be really at a point, a tipping point right now where it can go one way or the other. I, I, I think this is their last handheld system. Don't see a, a third PlayStation portable system coming out. Uh, they may make remodels of this one, but I don't. I do not see them at this point in time making another handheld because it somehow has to be not just Nintendo's handheld. The you know the DS or whatever the next iteration of it will be, which I'm sure we're going to hear about in the next year or two, at least rumors of. Um, but to compete with that compete with the price point, compete with the game library, compete with the third-party support, because the DS has more third-party support than the home consoles, even. You know, you get a lot more classic games on the, 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 the DS. I, I think there's just too many hurdles for, for the Vita to get another one, and I think once they officially make that decision, yeah, this is our last portable, I think they're going to lose all support for the Vita because what's the point in going on a dying system? Um, they're already losing support already. Uh, yeah, at least I, from I a mean, first party standpoint, Sony stated You've that got Sony and you've got Atlas making, you know, their eight hundred persona games for it. 
but otherwise there's very very little support here or overseas there's a lot of pc ports as far as yeah. it's concerned a lot of indie titles going to it but sony has stated that first party titles for the vita are going to be few and far between for at least the near future at least the foreseeable future which was uh, quite disappointing which to me is them pulling the plug yes. on it I, I mean it's it's it feels a lot like when, when the Dreamcast was getting beat in the face. Uh, you know, it, there's just too many, there's too much competition in the market. Competition is a good thing. We've seen that with the PS4 and the Xbox One. Yes. But I think there, there's a little too much for them. I think mobile phones and tablets and things like that, soon to be watches, you know. It's just too much for them to compete with. I think they've realized that. I, I think we might get a couple of annuals. You know, you might see Madden or something on it in two years. You might see maybe a couple of Persona games on it um, in two years here. Other games from Atlas. But I think they're all going to be ports of games that come out next year in Japan. I, I just I do not see the Vita having legs. I don't I didn't I didn't understand why they came out with Vita in the first place. PSP at that point was still doing decently and the Vita's done worse than the PSP was doing. I mean it was what, six months before the Vita outsold the PSP for the first time? Yeah. I mean there was no new sale bump. It didn't even outsell it the first month. It didn't even outsell it the launch day. It's a great unit. But unfortunately... It has no support. It has no support. It's a problem that we use having. Very poor marketing, and and I just don't see a great future. Whatever they've done right with the PlayStation 4, they've definitely done wrong with the Vita. And I don't see long-term good health for that system. So, yeah, I do see it in the near future. Probably at a classic gaming expo coming near you uh, in the next couple years. uh, Something... uh, to look forward to for Vita owners, unfortunately. You know, I want to thank Aaron for uh, being here, and then uh, check out all of our uh, Classic Gaming Expo coverage this weekend uh, from us at uh, Game Source on Facebook, uh, www.yourgamesource.com. Wanted to make a special shout out to Scott Schreiber, who we did an interview with. Uh, really appreciate him allowing us to get, to gain access behind the scenes access of the actual event itself and uh, providing you with that type of coverage. Uh, Truly appreciate it and truly looking forward to a great experience. Uh, We're going to bring you a lot of interviews, but we're going to do it anyways and get you kind of coverage that that, uh, you guys deserve out there. And uh, again, truly appreciate uh, Classic Gaming Expo for all they've uh, provided for us as well. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Well, there's a ton of last thoughts, so we're just going to leave them all in my head. Okay. I need as many as I can get. Fair enough. Uh, Once again, this is uh, Gerald Bernos, Yes of Us Lives. Check, check us out on all of our social media networks. Uh, YouTube, uh, we're just search us Game Source. You'll find us right away. Um, www.yourgamesource, our home site. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at yourgamesource.com, at Game Source on Twitter, and Game Source on Facebook. And also, our live streaming, we'll be doing live streaming with, with Destiny on Twitch pretty much all weekend long. Uh, that's on our game underscore source website because, you know, they can't do, Twitch can't handle a space in between words. So, so for me, uh, Gerald, better known as Yes of Us Lives, and this is Aaron, OSU Water Polo. Thanks again for listening and uh, have a great day. <laughs>